Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. We are reading The Graveyard Riddle. We are on chapter 8 and we are on page 48. When I got back from school, Mum was in the living room vacuuming. What are you doing, home? I said. Oh, hello to you too, Melody, she said, turning the vacuum off. We've got another viewing in 10 minutes, so I left work early to quick do a quick tidy. Have you tried to get in touch with Dad? I said coldly. I didn't know if Mum had even had his number anymore, and I'm pretty sure she changed her cell number after he left. A few weeks after he left, he'd begin sending letters, but she'd just rip them up without reading them. Melody, we've been through this. We don't need his help. She twisted the vacuum back and turned around, or switched the vacuum back on and turned around. Well, clearly we do if we have to move house. I Oh, it's interesting to move house. That's how they call moving, if we have to move house. Interesting. Mom didn't look up. I went down the hallway to get Frankie's leash. He was already sitting by the door waiting for me. He walked down the alleyway and Frankie stopped to sniff the usual clump of weeds. Sometimes I wondered if dogs left each other messages in in their smells. Wondering what sort of message Frankie would leave when his voice made me jump. Off to hang out with the dead again, are you? It was Jake crouched down behind his garden wall. His bike was upturned and he had had a wrench in his hand his face looked red and sore in the sun why didn't you try taking a day off from being an idiot huh jake jake laughed i'm only joking melody you're so touchy no wonder matthew gets fed up with you i swallowed what did you just say he shrugged ah nothing he said it's just something he said when you went when he went it's just something he said when we went to the cinema the other night something about you being oh how did you put it oh yeah exhausting i opened my mouth to say something but nothing came out had Matthew really said that? I felt tears prickle prickle my ears. The door banged shut and we both looked up. Mr. Jenkins emerged from number seven in shorts and a t-shirt. Wilson the puppy was wearing red harness and yapping in circles at his feet. See you later, said Jake, and he hurried inside. He might act tough, but all that changed when Rory Jenkins was around. I watched as I watched Mr. Jenkins head down the road, Mr. Wilson and Mr. Wilson bouncing crisscrossing in front of him. As I carried along that's making too much noise, sweetheart. As I carried along the alley and thought about what Jake had said, was I really exhausting? It hurt to think that Matthew said such such a thing about me. I and he didn't he want to be my friend any longer? I took our usual loop around the graveyard so that Frankie could have a nice walk before he headed to the plague, to the plague house. He trotted along, stopping to sniff the occasional headstone. Someone had left a watering can besides the top, and Frankie gave that a good sniff, too. I guessed that whoever had forgotten it would remember and come back for it soon. The sky was heavy and gray, and though it was, though it was spring there, it was, just a, it was still a winter chill in the air, as if it had rained. I could say that the plague house was I could stay at the playhouse until it's plague house until it stopped. In fact, I hope 
It rained for hours so I could shelter and not go home for as long as possible. When we finished the loop, I began to walk towards the old tumbling wall. Frankie was slowing down and I picked him up and carried him over to the fallen bricks. I put him down on the grass and looked at the building. It looked gloomier than ever. I felt a few spots of rain on my cheek and then all of a sudden it was like a giant tap had been turned on right above us. Come on, Frankie, I said, run. We reached the door and squeezed through the gaps. I brushed the rain from my skirt and my sleeves of my blazer. Frankie shook himself off and wagged his tail. You all right, I asked him. That was what? I looked all around the room. The next time we come here, I might be bringing something to sit on. A couple of cushions or something, I said to myself. I smiled. I could make it just like the like a den that Dad had made me under the dining room table, only bigger and some battery-powered fairy lights of somewhat. I could bring my... I could bring some candles and a rug for my room, maybe. That would make the place feel less gloomy. Just then, Frankie began to growl. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He was start staring towards the other room. A line of fur stood up along his back from his neck to his tail. His lips sneered, revealing the top row of his little pointy teeth. What's the matter, Frankie, I said, looking towards the doorway. What had spo- What has spooked you? The growls rumbled deep down in his throat, and then he barked. I jumped. Frankie, that is enough, I said, but he took no no notice. The sharp barks bounced off of the solid brick walls and echoed around them. I crouched down and put my head on his shoulder. I could feel him trembling as he began to growl again. I put towards I pulled he pulled towards the doorway and I held on to his collar. What is it, Frankie? Haven't you what have you seen? I said. I tried to laugh to make myself feel less frightened. Sorry, I'm turning the pages, guys. Is it a big scary mouse or a hairy spider? Or maybe you've seen a ghost and... I stopped. A shadow moved across the floor on the other room. I stood stood up, my heart pounding, and took a few steps towards the doorway. That's when I saw something else. There was a rucksack in the corner next to the dirty little blanket, like a little backpack. It definitely hadn't been there yesterday. The small round pebble was back on the ledge. Hello, I said. Is someone there? Silence. I warn you, I said, I've got a fierce dog with me. I looked down at Frankie, who had stopped growling, and he was busy licking his bum. <laughs> so I walked further into the room and went over to the rucksack. It was unzipped, and I peered in- inside. Stop, that's private property, said a voice. I jumped and spun around. At first, I couldn't tell where the voice was coming from. It was so dark. But then someone stepped out from behind the door. It was a boy. He looked to be a few, a few years older than me and a couple of inches taller. He was wearing a red knitted cardigan, a gray t-shirt, and a pair of jeans that were much too short for him. His face was pale, so pale that it looked translucent, like a ghost or someone in the plague. Are, are you... One of them, I croaked. The boy frowned. His arms hung awkwardly down to his sides as if he didn't know what to do with a One of who? A plague victim, I said. The boy shook his head. No. His eye flittered around the room as I noticed, and I noticed he was breathing quickly. He seemed just as nervous as I was. But Frankie pulled t- me towards the boy, his paws slipping on the wooden floor and his tails wagging madly. 
So much for my fierce dog. I edged closer and the boy knelt down and patted Frankie's head. He was stroking him like a two-year-old might be. He's so soft, he said, looking at me. He's called Frankie, I said, like like Frankfurter. The boy looked blank. You know, a Frankfurter sausage, I continued. You know how the Dutch hounds are sometimes called sausage dogs? That's how we came up with his name. The boy didn't say anything. Frankie rolled back into his. Frankie rolled into his back, onto his back, and the boy gently tickled his tummy. Anyways, what do you, who are you and what are you doing here? I said. I was angry that my secret house was being shared with someone that I didn't even know. The boy didn't say anything. For a moment, he seemed to be trying to work hard, work through what to say. I can say the same to you, he said at, at last, standing up. Who are you and what are you doing here? I lifted my chin. I'm Melody, I said. Melody Bird. Melody Bird, he said thoughtfully. That's an interesting name, an interesting surname. Bird? Did you know that a flock of crows is called a murder? I stared at him and shook my head. Who are you? I said again. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what a a group of um, crows is called, a murder. Is that weird? The boy just stared back at me. I don't like him talking about murder or what he wouldn't tell me who he was. A, there was a low, distant rumble of thunder outside that sounded a bit like one of Frankie's growls. I wasn't sure I wanted to be there any longer. Right. Well, anyways, we better be going now, I said. I headed to the door, and the boy stepped forward to block our way. You won't, you won't tell anyone I'm here, will you? He said. I might, I said. You won't tell me your name, and you're acting all suspicious. You could be anyone. The boy thought about it for a moment, and then his face lit up. Hey, do you like magic tricks, he said. I frowned. He ran to the windowsill and picked up a small gray pebble. He pushed it through his sleeves, halfway up his arm, and then he took a pebble and placed it right in the center of his palm. Then he turned his left hand over and then back again to show that it was empty. Then he swapped the pebble into his left and turned his right back over again, and then he opened his hand and the pebble had vanished. That's amazing, I said. He smiled, then walked around me. I took a step back as he reached my reached a hand out of my left ear, and then he took his hand away and opened his fist. In the center of his palm was the gray pebble. I laughed. You can do magic, I said. He grinned. I can. He said. I frowned at him again. I knew exactly what he was trying to do. He was trying to distract me. Magicians were good at that. So now will you tell me who you are, I said. His face dropped and his and he walked over to the windowsill, placing the gray pebble back. I can't, he said bluntly. Why not, I said. He stared down at Frankie, who had settled on his tummy with his hands between his front paws. Um, it's, it's none of your business, he said. Wow. I sighed. Okay, whatever, I said. Come on, Frankie, we need to go home. The boy looked up. Hang on, you've got to swear that you won't tell anyone before you go. It's really important, he said. His blue eyes. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right. His blue eyes were wide and opened, and I noticed that he, how thin he looked underneath his red cardigan. I could see the outline of his ribs against his T-shirt. I just shrugged and headed to the other room. Wait, Melody Bird, he shouted. I slowly turned around and stared at the pale thin boy in the red knitted cardigan. I'll tell you why I'm here, but you have to promise not to tell a living soul. 
Do you want me to, you want me to promise, I said? He nodded. Because she doesn't know who he is. That depends. I don't want to promise if it turns out that you've just killed someone or that you're a criminal or something. I have to tell someone then. He seemed to think about it for a minute. I'm neither of those, he said. He pretended to think about it. But I already knew he was going to answer. I already knew my answer. Okay, I said. He watched, I watched as he chewed his lip and he still didn't say anything. Well, then go on, I said. Who are you? He stared at the ground and I thought he might have decided not to tell me after all. Or maybe he was searching to find the right words. But when he looked up to me, his, bru- his blue eyes met mine. My name is Hal Vincent, he said, and I'm a spy. <laughs> what? You're a spy? Is that's cute? How's that cute? Cause he's he's a kid. That's not cute. Okay. Do you think he's really a spy? Yes. Really? I don't know. If Cass is a survivalist, then a kid can be a spy. That's true. <sighs> okay. You know what? If we're gonna, oh gosh, if we're gonna do an hour to two more reading of tonight, I gotta get some coffee. You guys, I'm taking a break and I'm making some coffee. Woo! Honestly, this time change thing is killing me. It's 6.57, and I feel like I'm, like, ready to fall asleep right this very instant. What about you? It's 6.57? I know. It feels like it's, like, 9 o'clock at night, huh? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? I know. It's 6.57. This is just weird. It's dark already. It's been dark for a while. Isn't this crazy? Oh, I'm sure everybody who's listening to this is thinking the same thing too. Like, why why am I so tired? Man, I wonder when people usually listen to the podcast, if they listen to it like in the morning when they're getting ready, if they listen to it like at night when they go to bed. What do you think? Maybe a little bit of both. I think all of those. That's yeah. what I do sometimes. Yeah. Okay, guys, I'm making coffee so we can... Do an hour or two of reading. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>